welcome to the Rich Thoughts Podcast, where our goal is to glorify God and terrify the devil. Get ready. It's going to be a great journey. Good morning and welcome to Rich Thoughts for Breakfast. I'm Harold Herring, and that's my fine wife, Beth. On today's call, we're going to discuss the seven dirty D's of the devil. That just comes up every once in a while. (laughs) Some years ago, there was a movie entitled The Dirty Dozen. As I was remembering that World War II movie, I thought about all the dirty tricks of the devil. I might could have thought of a dozen dirty tricks of the devil, but I stopped after thinking of seven. Oh my goodness, that's a surprise. <laughs> Number one, deception. Who deceives you? Genesis 3.13, 3.13. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you've done? The one said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. Second Corinthians 4.4. 4-4, Amplified Bible. For the God of this world has blinded the unbelievers' minds that they should not discern the truth, preventing them from seeing the illuminating light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, the Messiah, who is the image and likeness of God. The real tragedy is that most folks who are being deceived don't realize they're being deceived. Jeremiah 9, 6, 9, 6, the International Version. You live in the midst of deception, and their deceit, they refuse to acknowledge me, declares the Lord. Now, deception will put you in bad company. That's right. 1 Corinthians 6, 9, 6, 9, Classic Amplified. Do you not know that the unrighteous and the wrongdoers will not inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived and misled. Neither the impure and immoral, neither adulterers nor adulterous, nor those who participate in homosexuality. There's, however, one fact for sure. Deception always betrays those who live in it. James 1.22, classic amplified. But be you doers of the word. Obey the message and not merely listeners to it, betraying yourselves into deception by reasoning contrary to the truth. And honey, right there it's it, reasoning. When you start to reason and go, well, you know, and rationalize, then you know your mind is taking over and rationalizing sin because, well, the enemy likes to work that way. Yes, he does. That's a very good point. Thank you. Those the enemy deceived who fell into sin or live there will suffer an eternity in hell. But so will the devil. Revelation 20.10, 20.10. Then the devil who has led them astray, deceiving and seducing them, was hurled into the fiery lake of burning brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet were, and they'll be tormented day and night forever and ever through the ages of the ages. Wow. The best way to avoid deception is to stay in the Word. Amen. Though that alone is not enough. We know some mighty men and women of God filled with the Holy Ghost and fire who have fallen into sin through the deception of the enemy. Stress on the job, overwork, family struggles, 
with a spouse or children, financial and money problems, or open doors for a sneak, deceptive attack by the enemy. Mm. We have to be wise to his cunning wiles. That's true. Number two, distractions. That's the second D of the dirty devil's tricks. Mark 419, 419 Classic Amplified says, Then the cares and anxieties of the world and distractions of the age, and the pleasure and delight and false glamour and deceitfulness of riches and the craving and passionate desire for other things creep in and choke and suffocate the word, and it becomes fruitless. So what does it mean to become fruitless? God's word working within us is different than the, so what is the distraction of this age? <clears throat> In looking this over, it was our opinion that it's anything that really tries to separate us from what is our first love, and that is God, his word, and our relationship with him. Yes. But let's look at this a little deeper. Mark 4.19 also says, the pleasures and delight and false glamour like craving and passionate desire for other things. <clears throat> False glamour can be an interesting phrase. I mean, all you have to do is look at the television set for any length of time, True. and you see the advertisers using, well, all kinds of stuff on television to make you think that that is reality, when in all, you know, truthfulness is not. They don't use ugly people to advertise the products. They... They make it look like if you use this product, then you're going to look like this person on television. That is false glamour. Yes, it is. It's just selling an illusion on what they think that you want your life to be like, and so they're trying to get you to buy their product. You know, <clears throat> advertisers desire to just paint this picture in your mind beyond reality, and the truth of the matter is, Bad, I mean, not having a rich existence, you know, they show all the lush yes. and the beautiful people and yes. all of this stuff because that's what, ugly isn't going to do it. Let's just put it that way. <clears throat> so the point is somehow that product or that car is going to just draw you into the right, having the right spouse, the right job and the right lifestyle. Come on. We were, I was born at night literally, but not last night. <laughs> The consequences of yielding to the allure of the advertisers is found really in Mark 4.19 right at the very end. And it gives us this warning. The craving and passionate desire for other things creep in. That's what it does. It doesn't just slap you in the face. It creeps in and it chokes and suffocates the word by making you think that you can have something that is really not even real. And that's when it becomes fruitless. So <clears throat> lusting for things, <clears throat> excuse me, that are just not a reality and not going to do the, not going to really help you in your life is what happens and we become fruitless in the result of it. But if we stay with the benefits, if we stay with the promises of the word, if we keep sowing when it doesn't look like everything is coming up roses, when we're having to wait for that seed to go down to come up and get what it is um, will be so much better off in the long run because all we're going to experience when we sow to the lust of this world is truly, well, it's truly a crop failure. Yes, it is. <clears throat> so the lost world is searching for something that's missing in their lives, but they just, 
are not realizing is Jesus. You know, as Christians, we not only have the answer for self-fulfillment, it's our duty to share it with other people and rescue them from this demonic deception and not fall into it ourselves. God has made us some incredibly amazing promises in the word, but we just can't let fleshly desire for other things right now take precedence over him and what he's going to be bringing up in our lives for later on. When we lay a firm foundation with a word, then we're not going to be disappointed and we are going to end up, end up taking and enjoying the things that the promises because we are going to receive the harvest for what we've been cultivating. In Mark 18, chapter 4, verses 18 and 19, this is what it says. The seed cast in the weeds represents the ones who hear the word the kingdom news, but are overwhelmed with worries about all the things they have to do and all the things they want to get. The stress strangles what they've heard and nothing comes of it. But, you know, not letting ourselves be consumed by things and letting, you know, he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So as we keep sowing, keep sowing, then we're not going to be distracted by the things of this age, by, you know, and it really doesn't matter how many sermons you've heard or how many, you know, seminars you attend or how much TV you watch. We need to not have misplaced spiritual priorities and permit the financial and personal stress to take root because as the verse says, the stress strangles what has been heard and nothing comes up. That's where the distraction lies. Number three, delays. Daniel 10, 12, 10, 12, classic amplified. Then he said to me, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your mind and heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. And I've come as a consequence of and in response to mm. your words. Wow. When you set your mind and hearts to understand. Yes. And humble yourself. And it has several <clears throat> meaningful things from that. Just that Daniel 10 verse 12. For instance, fear not. That's right. Because second, it said from the first day. Third, it said purpose in your mind. 1 Thessalonians 2.4, 2.4, New Living Translation. For we speak as messengers approved by God to be entrusted with the good news. Our purpose is to please God, not people. Well, he alone examines the motives of our hearts. Fourth, purposed in your heart. 1 Timothy 1.5, 1 Timothy 1.5, New Living Translation. The purpose of my instruction that all believers would be filled with love that comes from a pure heart, a clear conscience, <clears throat> and genuine faith. Let me throw something in there I think is important. You know, it said purposed in your mind first. Yes. Because first you have to make the decision in your mind. <clears throat> then you can purpose it in your heart. Because until your mind decides to, hey, I'm listening to the Spirit, then you can't really purpose it in your heart. That's, That's true. That's very good. <clears throat> that is very good. Fifth, humble yourself and receive the rewards. 
Proverbs 22, 4, 22, 4. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Six, your words are heard. Psalm 145, 19, 145, 19. He will fulfill the desire of them that fear him, and he will also hear their cry and will save them. Oh, I like that. The words that we speak to God are not only heard, but acted on. Psalm 86, 5, 86, 5. In the day of my trouble, I will call upon thee, for thou will answer me. Mm. Doesn't say might, doesn't say could, says will. He will answer. Seventh, I have come as a consequence. The last part of Daniel 10, 12, classic amplified says, I have come as a consequence of and a response to your words. Our words have consequences. We decide whether they are for good or evil. Proverbs 18, 20, 18, 20, good news translation. You will have to live with the consequences of everything that you say. Wow. we got to think about what we say. Yes, we do. And be careful with it. We're not going to finish today. We got carried away. (laughs) That's good stuff, though. It is good stuff. It's stuff we need to be reminded of, truly. And we'll finish it on tomorrow's call. Yeah. You have a spectacular Saturday, and we'll talk to you on a sensational Sunday. That's right. We will. Until then, God bless you. Happy trails. And keep thinking rich thoughts from the Word of God. We love you. We appreciate you. Yes, we do. Bye-bye.